Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, the other half of the greatest wrestling tag team in podcasting today, Bobby Blaze. Hey, Melvin, get away from that wheelbarrow. You don't know anything about machinery. <laughs> Jeremy, my God, it's good to hear your voice. Oh, it is, I tell you, man, it is I got to tell heard. Herb to... No, thank you. I had to tell Herb to turn his phone down or telephone, or internet down or radio. And now Melvin, he don't know anything about machinery. He's out there trying to fucking work a wheelbarrow. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, the kind of luck that we talk about sometimes where you fall in a barrel full of nipples and come up sucking your thumb. You know what I'm saying? But by God, it's good to be back on the bell to bell of Bobby Blaze and hear my co-host Jeremy Velmer's voice, man. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> it's it's good to be back. Sorry, everybody. We were we were off for a couple of weeks there as I was off tiptoeing uh, through the tulips or something. I don't know really where I was, and uh, by law, I'm not allowed to speak about it. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but we are back, and we are glad to be back. And this week, we are talking about tag teams, Bobby. Yes, we'll talk about the greatest tag teams of all time, man. And, you know, once again, just in case you're new to the program, the way we do our list, um, you know, we have to just kind of get it down to the 10 we like. We're going to have some audible mentions. We're going to do some talking in between, of course, when we do our our outline of our top 10. But also I want to say, Jeremy, uh, while you were out just for a little bit there, uh, Tex, our graphics man, down in the boiler room, he sent this week's list, and he and I threw around a little bit and traded some horses a little bit, and I knew some of the teams you would like. I knew some of the teams I'd like, and so Texas kind of uh, added in every little bit of it that we needed. So it's kind of like the, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a tag team, if you will, which two may be tagging in at the same, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No foreshadowing there, but anyway. They, they have a rule uh, with, uh, yes. with for that. Yeah, okay. Yes, so anyway. So does that, so make, does that make Tex or Jimmy Jam? Oh, I don't know, man. Oh. Tex is just Tex. I ain't messing with him, man. <laughs> he, he's spot on. He's been killing it on our YouTube channel. And since I, <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there right now, man. The, the YouTube channel, we have over three thousand subscribers and um one the DePaul Orndorf video has a hundred and five thousand views. It's unreal. But um you know you can find that at the uh what is that tiny URL B, uh, dot com backslash BBBB videos. That's the YouTube channel. I'm just gonna go and throw a plug in it right now. Uh YouTube it's just tinyurl.com slash BB, BB video, and Tex has been doing a killer job, and I'm telling you, man, uh, wrestling fans, if you get a chance, you know, subscribe to it, give it a thumbs up. If you don't like it, give it a thumbs down, but I tell you what, you're not going to be disappointed in some of the stuff you see on that Tex has been doing. It's been great. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate that, man. Yeah, that, and, is, that uh, is an interesting thing that, um, yeah. because I don't always go back, you know, once I'm done editing us, I don't always go back and listen again. Right. Know? But these videos, he he gets in there and he edits in these clips and things that kind of give him this context and, and texture, and it's interesting to me to go back in because you know he also catches like because you know you know we're doing an opinion show we're talking about how we feel about wrestling, and sometimes our facts may not be historical, <laughs> you know, and he yeah, catches with, us yeah with that and also but also I've noticed though 
there's a lot of people when we say something and he finds them on those videos, they agree with us. Yes. There's a lot of people, some, some, some veterans in the business that we, we may be speaking about. He'll find that clip where someone else has just said the same thing in a recent interview, maybe on another podcast or another YouTube channel. And it, it's really good to know that, you know, that there are some people that, that do feel the way we feel as well. And we're not going to always be right per this list today, which we better get ready to fucking jump into unless you got some shout outs or anything. Well, uh, you know, you know let's let's no. do this real quick before we do that i want to remind everybody this show is sponsored by bobby's books and you can get those you can get pin me pay me by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook one you can also get his book i kicked out onto the education of a wrestler by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook two doesn't cost you anything extra bobby gets a sell the show picks up a couple pennies and uh, we all keep rolling on happy after that that's right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I don't have any special shout-outs except to all the fans out there like we talked about earlier. They've been loyal to us, man. You've mm-hmm. been good to us. We appreciate it. Um, Jeremy, I'm glad you're back. You can still find Jeremy on Twitter at the Geekish Cast. You can find me at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter. And, of course, you can go to the joint account that we have almost 2,000 subscribers to it, and that is uh, Bell to Bell uh, Blaze. If I'm not mistaken, I hadn't said it for a while. It's Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. Yeah. So anyway, uh, find us there. Let us know what you think. You know, uh, Again, this week's going to be a top ten tag teams of all time. And with that said, let's throw out a couple audible mentions there, Jeremy. How about that? That sounds good to me. And real quick, before we do that, I do want to say to Rodney over on our Facebook page, here's the new episode, buddy. I hope you enjoy it. Good deal. All right. Now, he, uh, he had written in to ask, hey, where are the episodes at? And okay. I had, I had to pull my head out of my ass long enough to answer. <laughs> okay. You got any uh, audible mention tag team? Because we're going to go through a whole bunch, I'm sure, touch on everything. You know, I, I got two I want to mention real quick. One, okay. One is, you know, when I was younger, I had a favorite tag team, and they were part of Hot Stuff Incorporated, and that was Sting and uh, Rick Steiner. Okay. They, they were a badass tag team over in the UWF. Uh, another one I'd like to mention is Doom. Two right, bad, yeah. bad sons of bitches. I mean, like, Doom is one of those tag teams that is almost on par with the Road Warriors. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, two badass guys, that's for damn yep. sure. Um, I had uh, had I thrown out a couple. I, I thought Damascus Assassins and a Coloss. That, that's just, to me, Ooh, like yeah. old school. But I have two other ones, and one of them's uh, my good friend Bobby Fulton, the Fantastics. Uh, just always been a fan of their work. They saw them over in Japan a whole lot, worked with the Malenkos, another great tag team. And, and of course, Fantastic had a good run with, with Midnight and, and also with Rock and Roll. I mean, they've, you know, they've worked just about everywhere. But, uh, the other one I'm going to give a shout out to is Harlem Heat. And of course, this year, uh, WrestleMania is coming up. You know, we, we have to address the elephant in the room sometimes. We talk old school, but hell, WrestleMania, the biggest event, event of the, the wrestling years coming up. And, uh, uh, I don't, I'm glad they have a Hall of Fame. I think there's a lot more people that should be in it. We'll go into another episode. But I want to congratulate Harlem Heat because Stevie Ray and Booker T, I talk about them in both my books. They were so fucking good to me and such good guys, tremendous athletes. And um, they was just a tremendous tag team. And so I'm going to put them on an honorable mention because I don't want to forget them, not because they're going to the Hall of Fame because I'd still have one here whether they were going into that or not. They were just a, a couple of really hardworking guys that 
you know, made their mark in professional wrestling and they're, and they're actually really pretty good guys too, man. I'll tell you that. So that's kind of the, the audible mentions I had, Jeremy. Yeah, no, those are, uh, those are all solid ones. I'm big fans of every team you mentioned there, really. Um, I, I do, Bobby, I, I'm sorry. I've just got back into the office here and I've got a phone bill. Did you add a phone line to the tower while I was gone? <laughs> no, that might have been someone else. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's hard to tell, man. It's something from that boiler room, probably. Oh, you might want to see what fucking state that's in, man. Where's I'm... that listed? <laughs> I know I'm the 606 area code, man. You might want to check him numbers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. want to go down to the boiler room. I heard no, that Mick Foley no. hangs out down there sometimes, and that just gets weird. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get All right. on. Let's get on to this. So, guys, we are doing our top ten favorite tag teams this week. And uh, Bobby, why don't you start us off with number ten? Number ten, the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott Steiners. Man, wow, uh, two legitimate uh, wrestlers, all the way from you know grade school through collegiate style. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of amazing athleticism. They have some innovative moves. Legit badasses, you know what I'm saying? That's the thing. And yeah. they're real, real brothers, legitimate brothers. You know, wasn't a thing put together by anyone else. Uh, you know, that's that's the Steiners. And both of them are just, uh, I, I think Scott, you know, he got so huge as Big Papa Pump. But as far as when the Steiners were together, they just had that good force, kind of like what you was talking about with Doom uh, and Road Warriors. They had that big brute force. They had that cock strong strength, really, without even having to to get overly muscled. You know what I'm saying? Rick always had that that low, well, he wasn't he was like six foot tall, but he had that low center of gravity, it seemed like. And, and either one of them could suplex anyone out of yeah. any fucking place. Uh, if you ever get a chance, watch uh, uh, the Steiners against uh, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams. It's just a fucking suplex clinic and four legit badasses, and they're not pulling any punches. They don't throw punches in the match with their fists. They're throwing forearms, and they're jacking each other's head up, man, yeah. and suplexing each other. So number 10 comes in real strong and real hot, and that's uh, Rick and Scott Steiner, the Steiner brothers. Yeah. That's um those guys. I mean, you want to talk about just badass wrestling, both of those guys. But yeah, I think you're right. When when he turned into Big Papa Pump, he he went in a whole new direction. You know. Yeah, yeah. It took another level. Yeah, and that that was good. You know, that, that he come out of his shell, uh, got over great, and you know uh, whatever. But we're going to tag team, so. Uh, it's, it's not that I didn't like that great body Big Scott had. You know what I'm saying? It was, mm-hmm. it was, he was Big Papa Pump. But, man, just the Steiner brothers together, they, they in their prime, they were just two legit badasses. And they could, you know, they wrestled over the world. And they wrestled, uh, you know, starting off from the uh, Memphis and Mid-South and, and worked their way through, you know, NWA and, and WCW. And, of course, they had a run in WWF, WWE for a while. So And they've been all over Japan, just, just over everywhere they went pretty much. And, and sometimes they were liked or, you know, went over with baby faces. Sometimes they hated and hated as heels, you know. So mm-hmm. they, they just work. That was a thing. They could wrestle and shoot and work, and it seemed like they always drew money wherever they went. You yeah, know, so yeah. that's a good sign of getting over. So, anyway, yeah, there you go. Those guys were number great. ten of Steiner Brothers. Yep. Well, and number nine, the fabulous ones. Nine? Yeah. So you talk a little yes. bit about them because <laughs> you're 
your description here is cracking me up, so I want you to dig into this one. Oh, well, <laughs> well, this a little bit comes from tax again, I got to take it out there. But, yeah, they had the music videos and the presentation that was groundbreaking at the time. I'm, I'm sure Cornette had something to do with that. But they was down there in Mid-South, man. Of course, Steve Kern and uh, – oh, shit, don't make me draw a blank. <laughs> Dang, Steve Kern and Stan Lane, the fabulous ones, man. And um, – <laughs> Uh, as Tex said, but I, I will second this, and I'm sure a few other people will. The, the, uh, read that for me, Jeremy. Well, you? What it says here, the precursor, yeah. the precursor to all the blowjob magnet pretty boy teams to come behind them. There you go, the precursor to all the blowjob magnet pretty boy tag teams. But anyway, you know, I was in college, and I got to see them wrestle quite a bit. I actually went to Rupp Arena a few times and saw them live and stuff. And, and of course, I wasn't in a business then, but just being a huge fan of the business. But those guys were over. They was riding Harleys. They was riding limousines and those videos. They was riding horses. And some of it, you know, today you might look back like, these men, they shouldn't be doing these kind of activities together. It's a little, you know, uh, it doesn't bother me, but man, they were over. And it was a kind of, I mean, telling you, there was guys in my school, man, that wanted to fucking be them, you know, and then there was guys that hated them because mm-hmm. they was taking all the damn blowjobs or all the <laughs> <laughs> when it come to town, you know, you know what? My girl's probably out there somewhere blowing a fantastic right now. I don't know, but those cats were over, man, and they were both, you know, really good individual wrestlers. And when they put them together, you know, they hit that demographic. Uh, uh, they went with the, the the teeny boppers, man. They were with the girls and the women. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They even though them teeny boppers might have liked them. Uh, them guys stepped up the game, man. They were getting babes. And they, it was also that MTV was just starting to hit. You know, everyone wondering, I want my MTV with the mm-hmm. video stuff. With them guys, man, when they hit Memphis and that place just rock and rolled, man, like crazy. And uh, they just got over big time, man. They were over every everywhere down in Memphis. You know, yeah. whole territory. Well, that was just one of those, like, right gimmick at the right moment, at the right yes. time, with the right packaging, and everything just lined up, you know. And, yes, and yeah, and, and uh, Stan Lane and Steve Kearns were great wrestlers, so it, it really did. That did work out perfectly for that time. Yeah, that was the thing right there, the timing of it, the timing. And that's timing was everything for them. Mm-hmm. So we've got number 10, the Steiner Brothers, number 9, the Fabulous Ones. I'm going to let you introduce number 8 because I think this probably holds a special uh, uh, key to your heart. Two of the guys have mentioned this team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here we got number 8, Bockwinkle and Stevens. Uh, uh, maybe two of the best wrestlers of all time with the greatest manager. Well, okay, you know what? I'm not going to take that fucking bear. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. And, with, no, I agree. He's he's there. You know. I know, I know. I just I remember how that episode ended, and I don't want to go deal with that know. right now. It's, we didn't talk for a week. We're all right. Yeah. Uh, That's but all right. They had Bobby the Brain Heenan as their manager. They were two guys who could interview well, could I would say could have just about outperform anybody in the ring. And, of course, Stevens' other tag team partner, Pat Patterson in San Francisco, which the town I live yeah. in was part of that loop back in the day when Roy Shire was running Northern California. Yeah. So Pat Patterson was always one of my dad's favorites and because that Ray Stevens as well. And uh, to the point that, and I'm sure I've said this before, that after my dad died, my brother asked me one day, he goes, did anybody ever tell dad that Pat Patterson was gay? <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, so but Bockwinkle and Stevens, uh, just you know, the, yeah, the, you know, the two of them together with Bobby Heenan. If you put them on a mic, you put them in a ring, they could do literally anything. Yeah, you know, I have to rank this tag team. We've got them here as number eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. But on a scale, first of all, uh, bodies, talking, ring work, ring generals, all that. On a scale of one to ten, these guys were 13s, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they had it all. And, and then you put Bobby Heenan with them. I mean, it's just any of them, like I said, Bachwinkle's vocabulary, interview style, and skills. It, it Even without him, they're going to get over, you know. And then the work rate, the shit that the Stevens did, the bumps he took, and this and that. And then we've already put Bachwinkle, one of, if not the greatest worker of all time. Yeah. That that tactic, even though we're putting him at number eight, um, again, folks, these these – any team one here could have been hired. This is just the one we arrived at, uh, uh, Jeremy, Tex, and myself. So, man, Bockwinkle and Stevens with uh, Bobby DeBrain Heenan coming at number eight. What a fucking well-oiled machine. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't think I don't think I ever saw Bockwinkle have the same match twice. You know what I, I mean? I agree. And, um, I do know what you mean. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be down on people because it's, I mean, it's, you know, that's how you can make a broomstick look good is by being able to go through the, you know, go through the moves with anybody. But there's something about every match being different that stands out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, let's move on to number seven here, and that's the Hart Foundation. Uh, probably best in-ring storytellers of all time. Uh, again, I'm adapting some of these things from uh, what Tex sent us, and uh, their matches were competitive and believable, and I agree with that. And I think we had them on uh, rivalries, too, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we're not. it's not that we're not familiar with the Hart Foundation because we, we really like the Hart Foundation. I know you especially like yep. them. I think that's about the time you started really liking them or watching, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, when they were, when they were you know coming through their championship, Rain and everything. That is about the time I started watching wrestling regularly. Yeah, and um, yeah, they were you know they, when they were a heel team, and you know we we, <laughs> we cheered the heels around here. I mean, come yeah. on, um, yeah. they were a heel team. They were you know they were amazing in the ring. You know, more importantly, they were amazing in the ring together. Yes, they worked like a true tag team, uh, which is a lost art almost these days. Yeah, it might be the lost art these days. I think there's some stuff coming up. I, th- I was telling a gentleman not too long ago on a personal matter about, uh, he was asking about tag teams. I think they're trying to make a comeback. I'm not saying they're going to be on every week on a damn WWE or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think there's going to be more and more tag teams uh, out there on the independent scene. I know a couple of, uh, you know, I know several teams that travel around and, and work exclusively as tag teams. And, and we'll see, you know, it depends on what you like. Yeah. But uh, anyway, the Hart Foundation, man, uh, again, it was a, one of the greatest tag teams in history of tag team wrestling, man, no doubt about it. Of course, they had their manager, Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. uh, out there, you know, lead them around. And, again, it's one of those things where that in itself was probably a good fit, first of all, the name uh, coming together, but also, you know, not digging on anyone's interview style, having seen Jim the Anvil Nightheart, having talked to him, knowing how intense he would get. And then just through the years, you, you watch, you know, uh, uh, Brett's interviews and stuff. But when you got Jimmy Hart out there being your mouthpiece, that's the, that just solidifies the entire foundation. They've got a mouthpiece and then they got the ring work, 
that goes with that. It's just it's just that one two punch, or in this case, one two three punch. It just it can't be beat. You know what I'm saying? They deserve yeah. to go right to the top like they did, and have a good run like they did. Uh, a really really good tag team there, man. The Heart Foundation, very solid, very solid. Oh, absolutely. Coming at number seven, they well, could have easily been in the top five. You know, it was a long time before I I could accept uh, Hitman as a solo wrestler because of the Heart Foundation. I'm like, but you were such a great tag team. Why are you? Oh, I see. Okay, never mind. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're right. I think a lot of people did that. Of course, Brett did come into his own, but I think yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, I missed the Heart Foundation. I missed Brett, you know, as a tag team. But, yeah, he came into his own, of course. But I know what you're saying with that, man. Yep. Anyway. <clears throat> well, I'll, uh, I'll introduce number six, and I'm going to do it this way. Bobby, get the tables. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good introduction there, man. I think you're one of who you're talking about. Yep. The Dudley Boys. <laughs> wow, uh, yes. Okay. So... We're going to stop talking about wrestling for a second, and we're going to just talk about fucking brawling. There you go. Aztec said, no technical proficiency. Yep. <laughs> just magnificent mayhem, Tex. Oh, yeah. That's... But go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I've got the tables. What are we going to do? Well, shit. I mean, you look at anywhere these guys went as a tag team. I think you know, our notes say it. I'm pretty sure when I checked it out, it's true. The yeah. most decorated tag team ever in history. Like as far they as they won titles everywhere. Yeah, they had titles everywhere. They were fun to watch. They were entertaining. Um, you never quite knew how violent shit was going to get when they broke loose. It it was just an incredible ride to watch them. I remember first seeing them in ECW when there were a lot more Dudley Boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Spike Dudley being one of them. It was it was like just a hell of a show with those guys, and they managed to keep those characters basically intact no matter where they went. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. And uh, they they done some crazy, crazy shit, you know. Oh, yeah. And they just uh, – but they had, you know, the big, strong bodies, uh, good interview skills. Again, you know, maybe not, you know, technical wrestlers per se, but they just got over. You know, they just got over wherever they went. Uh, either people loved them or people hated them when, when he said, you know uh, – Devon get the tables or whatever, whoever's telling whoever, it either got over, uh, you know, the way it's supposed to. It got a reaction. It either got the thumbs up or the thumbs down, like we talked about on our YouTube channel, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, it didn't matter because most of the arena, 95% of the arena erupted in some kind of, you know, uh, malay there that, hey, Fuck yeah, man, they're getting the tables. Or another one, another, maybe that small percentage, but oh God, here come the tables. I don't want to see this, you know. Yep. I mean, for fuck's sake, they put, what, uh, 98-year-old Mae Young through a damn uh, table or whatever. Yeah, but, so, uh, you, know, we, you know, we discussed Mae Young recently and realized she might be the toughest person to ever wrestle. So. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, she went She went in the back and took a shot and smoked a cigarette and said, is that all you got, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, but no, they, they've put so many damn people through tables and, and they had so many hardcore matches through the years and but the main thing about it was that i i, I kind of knew this and I, I wasn't sure and i was like i'm not going to fact check this because it seemed like recently i had read something or heard something then it comes up in our notes that they were the most you know the most titles in, in history man and they had them everywhere they went from from ecw uh WCW, uh, WWE, uh, Impact, I guess, uh, wherever the fuck else in between, probably Japan. I think they had the uh, IW, 
J or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I don't even yeah. know. They had they had me fucking every letter in the alphabet. How's that? I feel like I'm playing Wheel of Fortune. Give me an I, give me a give me a W, whatever. Yeah. Them guys, if there was a title, they had it. They held so, every as far as I know, they held every major tag team title on the planet. Yeah. You know, so including Asia and America basically for pro wrestling. Um yeah, they just they're you know, it's a it's that kind of dominance that you know, again, I don't want to just say all modern wrestling is bad wrestling because I've seen some amazing stuff recently on uh, Ring yes. of Honor, um, you know, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, a lot of these smaller shows, man, these indies yeah. are on fire. And you're right, they they are pushing tag teams still at the indie level. But, yeah. if, but it feels like a lost art when you just see what the WWE has to offer. Right, and they've got yeah. so many. They got they got some tag teams there. Yeah, they've they got do. some talented guys there, man. I, that uh, Cesario and Sheamus, them mm-hmm. guys, man. I know they don't push them like they should as a tag team, but, but as independent guys, performers or what have you, them guys together, they're phenomenal fucking athletes, man. Mm-hmm. And I know they, you know, there's there's more tag teams than that there. I'm just throwing that out there, but still. Uh, they're not being pushed there like I think they're going to be pushed in the indie scene. And I'm glad to see some guys being pushed in the indie scene trying to do tag team wrestling again because it is a lost art, man. And there is an art to it, as we're going to find out as we keep on going oh, through yeah. our list. So mm-hmm. speaking through our list, I'm going to give us a 10 through five, uh, 6 rundown before we get into the top five uh, just real quickly there. So number 10, we had the Steiner Brothers. Number nine, the fabulous ones. Number eight, Nick Bockwinkle and Stevens. Uh, shit, drew a blank again. That's all right. <laughs> so, Ray Stevens, sorry about that, Ray. Uh, number seven, the Heart Foundation. And number six, just now, the Dudley Boys. And we're going to start with number five after I give you another plug here for that YouTube page, Jeremy. We have over 3,000 subscribers. You can find it at tinyurl.com com slash bbbb video and i advise you people go out there subscribe to it give us a thumbs up and check out some of the matches that are on there because there's a lot of stuff that we talk about through the years or well through this year i should say not through the years the wrestling through the years but through the year man we've got the top uh 10 announcers top 10 legitimate badasses uh top 10 baby dolls i guess uh love letters if you will uh we've got a shitload of stuff out there man and uh and Texas doing a really good job yeah. with it. We appreciate all your fans out there that enjoy it. Uh, I do not read your comments, uh, so you know, just let you know. I I appreciate it. Oh, I got to stop for a second. No yeah. tag teaming. No tag teaming, man. Uh, they got a video of me out there about the swingers club. If nothing else, you got to <laughs> fucking check that out, man. Jeremy, you nailed me. You nailed me. You said the reason I wasn't invited down because I didn't bring a fucking partner, man. Exactly. Then, man, I'm telling you, I had to watch it and I was like, ah, oh, Jeremy fucking stooge me out. I didn't have a partner to take down there. To, I, I didn't have an appetite to, to, to bring to the party. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, so they just don't want, they just don't want some swinging dick. No. Coming down there like a, you know. You got to bring something uh, with you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the I thing. Know, man. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's a really funny video I cracked up watching. I was like, oh, shit, what's this? And uh, But it was done really tasteful and done really good. So go watch that, if nothing else. Hell, yeah. you don't have to be a wrestling fan to watch that. Uh, hell, tell your wife to watch it or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or something. You might get some side dick or side pussy. I don't Whatever, whatever you're into, yeah. <laughs> anyway, whatever you're into, yeah. or something in between, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we better get back on track oh, yeah. with number five here, and I'm going to let you introduce number five. How's okay. that? Okay, well, so for me, and I think for us, 
No name in wrestling means wrestling like the name Anderson does. I don't care if we're talking Ole, Gene, or Arn. You know they're a dominant goddamn tag team. Uh, so we're going to go with the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Um, because Arn's yes. definitely not from Georgia. He can't. He doesn't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, this is funny because this is a kayfabe family. Yeah. But they all look related anyway, so it really didn't matter. <laughs> You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but these guys in, in any combination, I mean, we can start with the original, which is Lars and Gene, but going up to, you know, Ole and Arn in any interpretation in the middle, right. these guys wrestle in a style that and you'll hear other wrestling fans talk about all the time. Like how useless is a three legged table? And yeah. that's the Anderson method. You pick a body part and you beat the shit out of it and yeah. cut the ring in half. I mean, just perfect. I mean, it's, it's everything. Perfect storytelling. Cause they, you know, they cut that ring off. So the partner couldn't help him. And the fucking audience would get all pent up over this, you know, working the ref. Those guys could work a ref too, you know, like, Oh, his back's yes. turned time to chicken shit him a little, you know, these guys are fantastic in any version of this tag team. Yeah. I'm not going to be picky. I mean, Arn's my favorite, but that's because of when I grew up. I agree. Arn's my favorite, too. Yeah. And this is where we're getting into, I used this term just a second ago, this is where we're getting into tag team wrestling being an art form. Yes. Now, here's two, get, get, we're going to say two, even though we're talking about three or four different guys here, any combination or what have you. But these guys will go off uh, Ole and Arn. But here's the thing. They were heels. And something you said just now, a lot of people don't catch, and they certainly don't do it nowadays, but, but back in the day when you had tag team wrestling as an art form, these guys as heels, man, they knew how to work the referee. They also, what you said, they cut that ring in half. That's so important. If you're playing and you're trying to keep a sport competitive, you know, if that team's playing fast, do you slow the ball down? If this team's known for hard-nosed defense, you know, do you take it to the air? It's, it's like, you know, any other sport. And so they kept professional wrestling. The Andersons did. They they knew, you know, this is we want the referee in this position so he can't see us doing this. Yeah. And they put their, their opponent in a position that was a disadvantage to him. When one of them would cut across the ring and a referee follow him while the other one's holding him across the ropes, you know, during those dirty heel tactics or yeah. whatever, keeping that ring cut off to where when they're, say they're working the Rock and Roll Express someone and they've got that other tag team and they've worked that arm and they've worked that arm and, you know, he just cannot get back to his corner. Uh, the opponent can't, and, and, he, and when he when he when he does even try to come back, he's already at a disadvantage because now you know he's got an injured leg or an injured arm, uh, injured shoulder, whatever have you. They knew the right time to toss someone out of the ring, uh, where to put their self at, yeah. um, how to make their opponents look good when 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 the baby faces finally did get the hot tag. You got to be there ready to bump your ass off for them. Heels, I've always I, I learned this from Malenko. And I've always said this, uh, heel is relentless, okay? And that was the Andersons. They were fucking relentless. They got on you, and they stayed on you, and that's what you're supposed to do. And I talk about this in both my books because it's very, very important, especially to pro wrestling. Now, I can't say anything about what's going on today if you caught anything else other than that because, to me, I'm just saying – in, in professional wrestling, the heel is relentless. You make that baby face look like a million dollars, then all of a sudden you get mad. He's out wrestled you. You have to cheat or whatever. So as a heel, you're fucking relentless. That's the Andersons. They're relentless. Boom, but a boom, boom, boom. But 
when that face team makes that tag, and you know they're going to, and that hot tag comes, that's when a heel has to do his job. He has to bump his ass off, and that's what they did. It didn't take any crazy-ass flying, flippity, flip-flop-flop stuff. It's, you know, a backdrop here, you know, a come a, a, they just knew, you know, hip toss out of corner, body slam, whatever it was. They're feeding their opponents, taking those bumps, knowing and working towards, of course, the end of the match. And it doesn't matter who was going over. It's still the same. You have to have that comeback yep. in there for that finish. So whether they were going to go over through cheating tactics or they was going to put the other team over, uh, clean in the middle of the ring for the titles or whatever, they were relentless in getting their heat and then – when it came time for that hot tag, they knew how to sell and bump their ass around that ring to make that team, that million-dollar team again, uh, to get them fans out of the seats, you know, yep. cheering at the top of their lungs, but also to get more people in those seats next week. Yep. So Absolutely. the Minnesota Wrecking Crew will go Lars Jean, Gene Oley, yeah, yourself and myself, we'll go Oley and Arn. And, uh, man, they just knew how to do it, man. Um like yeah. you said, one of the most feared, respected teams in all professional wrestling, man, right there. Yeah, there's just there's no name like Anderson in pro wrestling. Um, you know, one of the things that always amazed me going back and watching stuff now, you know, wrestling when we were young, Bobby, was a little bit slower paced than it is now. And I can still watch, you know, the Horsemen or the Andersons, and they get a guy in a hammerlock and hold him down and knee the shit out <laughs> of his arm, and it's not doing a whole lot, but you're like, holy fuck, they're really working him over you yeah, know? but yeah. it's 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 really economical in the use of physicality. I mean, they just look like they're wrenching the shit out of that, and you realize they're kind of giving the guy a chance to catch his breath. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, but it, they just made it look painful. And there are, you know, I don't talk about him a lot, but Benoit, he was one of those guys that fuck he'd you know he, he'd push a guy and it looked like it hurt. You know? Oh yeah. And yeah. and the Andersons were kind of that same way. You know, they they you know, that Arn's spine buster, that fucking thing. I don't know why it looks so killer when he does it. It just did. Yeah. yeah. And you know about that, when he does it, no one does it better. Yeah. I don't exactly. I've never seen anyone try to do that and make it look as good as Arn. On Arn's wor worst day of making it look bad. No one else can even make it look good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he never made it look bad. No. When he when he done it. That's it. Lights out. You know, he yeah. done it. Yeah. Great. And again, tag team stuff, like mentioned with the hearts, uh, the heart foundation, same thing with the, uh, Anderson's man. They, they, you know, they knew when to tag in and out, when a double team and all that stuff. I've already kind of went over. So fuck yeah, man. Number five, the Minnesota wrecking crew, man. Yeah. Oh man. I'm about out of, I'm blowing up like they beat the fuck out of me. I gotta, I gotta tag out. Speaking of tags, I'm gonna give you the hot tag, man. I've got to, I know you introduced the, uh, Minnesota wrecking crew, but I got to tag, man. I'm getting the shit beat out of me. I'm all selling. Right. I'm selling. I'm trying to sell my way to the corner. I got to tag you, brother. Right, Reaching right. out. Make it. it. Oh, here it comes. And there it is. All right. Um, okay. Well, this one here, I'm going to say, is the ultimate babyface tag team. Uh, we're going to go with number four being the Rock and Roll Express. And yes. I I remember when I was young. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> you... you you did not see a more over tag team on TV or anywhere than these guys and girls went nuts. You know, there's that thing I talk about with the Von Ericks. Like you watch yeah. their matches and you look at that audience and it's half chicks. Well, when the rock and roll was in town down there in Georgia, you know, that TV audience was half chicks, you know? Yeah. And every other week it just looked like the, the geek squad from Best Buy was there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but Ricky and Robert, man, Ricky Morton, one of the best seller, if not the best seller in professional wrestling out there getting the shit beat out by the Anderson brothers or whomever, mm-hmm. you know, boom, boom, boom. And then he goes over and he makes that tag to Robert Gibson, the greatest fucking hot tag in all professional wrestling right there. And Robert comes in, they fired up. Ricky rolls out, you know, kind of recovers and gives it time. And again, the heels are bumping around and then Ricky's over recovering. And then he comes back in and you got that four way Malay in there. And it's like whoever they're wrestling against, it's just, it's just so over, man. And, yeah. you know, I've traveled with both of those guys individually and together, been on shows with them and you won't ever meet two of the, Two nicer guys, other than we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, someone else is very nice as well. But Ricky and Robert were just over, man. They never changed the way they were with people. They treat the fans so good. That's why they're still around today, you know, 30, 35 years later after doing their thing, because people remember them and they know them and they treat the fans so good and people believe in them. And, um, they just, they were just so fucking over, man. They had that rock and roll express. Wherever they went, man, they were just over, you know. Uh, yeah. And well, ultimate baby faces, like you said, the ultimate baby face tag team right there, man. Chick magnets, blowjob magnets, whatever. Yeah. They were there. Well, yeah. you know, you're talking about that hot tag. I mean, I remember watching those audiences, just everybody hit their feet when he finally, you know, Robert finally got tagged in and, yeah. you know, came in and you know, the fucking crowd was on fire. They were on fire. You know, look, I mean, I mean, in real life, these are not small men, but you put them in the ring against, you know, Ole and Arn, they look like smaller dudes. Um, You know, and it just, you know, nobody could sell like Ricky. Nobody can sell like him, man. You look at, watch his face. You will never see expressions that good again. Right. Yeah. He just. He drew the people in, man. He drew them in. Yeah. So, number. Four, the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, we had a reason to put them at number four. But you know what? Again, several of these teams could have been, you know, it's not a, it wasn't a top 20. It was a top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of teams that didn't make the top five could have been in a top five. This is just our list, and I, I, we're, we're, we're happy with it. Uh, I'm happy with the outcome. Uh, that's going to take us to number three, and that's the British Bulldogs, man, you know, uh, from Europe. To Japan, to North America, they, they started out up there in Calgary. They started in Europe as uh, singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they traveled to Calgary, formed a tag team, started going to Japan, eventually went to WWF, whatever. Uh, you know, these two guys, man, Davy Boy and Dynamite, phenomenal fucking athletic ability, uh, redefined what's possible in tag team wrestling everywhere they turned up per Texas notes there. And I have to agree with that because it looked to me like every match they went out there and just not only tried to tear the house down, but they put their bodies on a line. And I think that's, you know, you could. You know that by now, if you're a fan of the Bulldogs, you know what kind of damage they've done to their bodies. Trying to get out there night after night after night, whether it be on the singles match and then working up to the tag team matches and working as a tag team throughout the world. Those guys just busted their asses, literally busted their bodies, putting on really, really, really incredible matches, doing stuff that other people, you know, hadn't seen people do, uh, taking it all over the world and getting over, man. Uh, you know, it depends on what level you're talking about getting over. Did they get over as crazy as like Ricky and Robert to all like the little teeny boppers or whatever? Probably not, but we had our list this away for a reason. But did they get over on a worldwide level? You know, yes, they yeah. got over, you know, over in England, all over North America. They were huge in Japan. So, yes, one of those things, that's just the way we had them far on our list. But I don't know that I can say enough good stuff as far as 
to put them over as as I can about the tag team of the British Bulldogs. I just know they were fucking over and they could work. Yeah, so, they they were powerhouses. They had the great technical ability. I mean, almost unmatched. I mean, they're almost unparalleled with just their combination of power and technical ability. Because you know, yeah. sometimes sometimes with wrestling, you get one or the other. You know, like with the Dudleys, you get brawling. You know, with other yeah. guys, you get technical ability. But with these guys, you got both. You know, um, we're going to talk about another team that's a little bit different towards the other side here pretty quickly. But the Bulldogs yeah. were fucking amazing in their day. And there was just no two ways about that. Um, you know, I, I remember, like, you know, WrestleMania three when they came out. You know, just the, the, they, were, they were huge. And, yeah, you're right. They didn't have tons of screaming girls. But you know what they did have? One of the largest wrestling audiences ever on their feet. So yes, they're, yes. They're, that's what I was kind yeah. of alluding to. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think what they had was a broader appeal. You know. Yes, they did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They were amazing. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't. I try not to. I try to separate performers from their personal lives sometimes, and they're one. Yeah. You know, you have to do it there. Um. But they were just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, sure. yeah, they were just amazing in the ring, and definitely look. And this this is a list of top tens that all, any of these guys could have been number one. I mean, quite honestly, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So. And that said, let's go to number two because this team it I think this tag team coming up changed the face of wrestling the way we knew it as far as tag team wrestling goes. The fucking Road Warriors, man. Yeah. When you heard that Iron Man come on, man, those two guys, Hawk and Animal, you know, that whole what a rush thing came later on, but it was from the beginning, what a fucking rush. You know what I'm saying? I know yeah. I'm out there dropping F-bombs. Uh, you can beat that out if you need to, but I'm just saying, man, them guys – they had AWA, NWA, WWF titles. They held every fucking title. Uh, they was just two big brute guys, super fucking strong. Um, technical wrestling wasn't there at the beginning. Nope. I think that's probably tatering the hell out of people, hurting people, not intentionally, but not knowing any better, not knowing their own strength or what have you. People had to get in the ring and work with them and slow them down some. But, man, were they a, forever a dominant tag team, man, the Road Warriors. And then, of course, you got it when you bring with them the legitimate manager there and gave them a voice because both of those guys could talk. Both of them had the great bodies. But did you put Eldering in there? Calm them down, let him do the talking, let them do the working. Yeah. It was just it was a beautiful thing, man. And it took them to all those titles. And I don't think they could have went anywhere back in those days and not be given a title chance, a title opportunity, if you will, and then put the titles on them within a short amount of time. You know, they were just that friggin' over where they walked oh, down yeah. that aisle. They just show you up know? and you throw the belts down. Here you go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Should I keep hearing something? Is your speaker all right? Yeah, I keep you is it? Mine's, it's like a, I hear a noise. A beep or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I heard I, something. But anyway, sorry yeah. about that. The Road Warriors, man, what a tag team. Maybe so, I don't know. Maybe we got some feedback on this. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's not it's not coming through real bad, so that's okay. All right, <clears throat> the Road Warriors, uh, yes. Yeah. Super. How about if I give us a? Uh, do we give us a ten down to one? Well, ten down, here. ten to two. Yeah. Ten to two. Yeah. I'll let you introduce number one. We'll go back real quickly here and just do it from the top. Uh, Steiner Brothers, number 10, the fabulous ones, number 9. Done it, done it, done it. Then Bachwinkle and Steve is at number 8. The Hart Foundation, number 7. 
the Dudley boys get the table at number six, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, any combination at number five. What well, are time, babyface tag teams and hot taggers of all time, the Rock and Roll Express at number four. We just discussed the British Bulldogs all over the world. What an appeal and bad, man. When them fucking, you heard that Iron Man, number mm-hmm. two, the Road Warriors, man. Them guys were bad mothers. Watch your mouth, kid. Yeah. But anyway, take us to number one, because I I think my speaker, I'm trying to get out my shoulder and stuff. I'm trying to get off here. But anyway, uh, number one, who we got, Jeremy? Number number one, one, greatest tag team of all time. The greatest tag team of all time is going to be the Midnight Express. Yes. Um, with, yeah, I mean, and, uh, look, I mean, I think both you and I have gone on the record saying we prefer when it was Eaton and Condry, but we're okay with, uh, Eaton and Lane. I don't care which version of the team you're going with. The Midnight Express is the greatest tag team of all time. Greatest. I agree. Yeah. And I know we threw out earlier, we wasn't poking any beer when we talked about Bobby Heenan being the greatest manager of all time, but they were managed by one of the greatest managers of all time, the Mr. Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. And with that said, yeah, I don't care if you go Condry and Eaton or if you go uh, Bobby and Stan, but here's the thing. I will give a plug out real quick to the number one tag team to me and Jeremy in the world right here. Uh, April 13th, Madison, West Virginia, Jim Cornette's going to be there with the Midnight Express, and it's going to be Bobby and Stan and Dennis. So, uh, ASW fans, that's right, ASW fans, April 13th, Madison, West Virginia. I'm going to be there. Texas is going to be there. And a shitload of other people, including the Rock and Roll Express, Hustle Rogers is going to be there introducing the Midnight Express to the ASW Hall of Fame. And, yes, Jim Cornette is going to be there with, again, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane and Dennis Condry. So get your butt out there, yeah, folks. What in the hell is that noise? I don't know. Anyway, go on. Anyway. Dennis Dennis doesn't poke his head out of the cave very often, does he? No. No. I, mean, I think is... there was only five or six that he scheduled with Dennis. I think they did the one in Nashville and somewhere else. I know this one's on the agenda. There might be two more after this with Dennis coming with the uh you know, have the full the full, you know, all, all, all members of the Midnight Express. Yeah, so if so, you if you are able, yeah, definitely go see that because this may be the only time in your life that you get to see Dennis Condry. So Yes. Yeah. Uh Madison, West Virginia, it's about 30 miles from Charleston, West Virginia. I know this market's been pretty strong on this podcast. It's about 90 minutes from Ashland, Kentucky, Ironton, Ohio, Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, come out of Mountain Folks up there. You might even see Jessica White. I don't know, because that's where the wild, wonderful whites of West Virginia live, out up there in Boone County. You better pack a gun or a knife up there, Jeremy, because them fucking coal miners are crazy, yeah. man. You, so, you, you ever seen a... Fuck at that noise. I don't know. Anyway, but, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. No, 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 no. We're, there's a, a, a red phone on my desk that has never been here before, and it's flashing. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, let's, um, okay, let's grab it and see what's going on. Okay. Hey, Jeremy and Bobby, stop the show. Stop the show, man. That big red phone over there with the letters PS just started making an incredible noise while ago. And the, Mick, Mick, please, I'm trying to talk. Yeah, that guy's still hanging around down here. But that phone went off, and he was going to check. Mick, would you let me talk to Jeremy and Bobby? I think it's time for you to 
Maybe start doing your damn job. Mrs. Foley's baby boy. What have I told you about that potty mouth? I have my reservation in the emergency room, and I've gone through the trouble of making one for you. All right. All right. Is this about not making the bell to bell top ten list again? Because they ruled me out because I had a strange appetite for strange things. Oh, come on now, Mick. I've already told you that whole weird Tori Amos fetish of yours doesn't have anything to do with it. Besides, I suggest the mass superstar to those guys every week. And does he ever make the list? No. I tell you what, I'll start pushing for a list that I guarantee that you'll get on, okay? And then maybe I'll make a special YouTube video just for you. How about that, buddy? Because that's me. It's nice day. Well, I'm glad you feel better. Who's my hardcore legend that's going to make the top ten list? Whoopee! Let the party begin! <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I've got to get back to the important news for the show. Look, here's a brand new tube sock for you to play with. Run along now. Foley is God! What have I told you about that? Foley is not God, but he is pretty damn good. Language! Yeah, I've got to get that guy out of my boiler room. Now, Bobby, Jeremy, what I was trying to tell you about is that... Oh, God, now that phone is going off again. Let me answer this. Hello? Yes, sir. I was trying to tell him, but Foley, he was... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to break the news right now. I promise. I'm going to tell him right now. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys. Without any further ado, on orders from the baddest moonwalking redneck on the planet, we have to evoke the... Oh, God. He's back in the boiler room again. We engage in some of the most brutal contests this sport has ever known. Not now, Mick. Let's not be getting the dead guy all riled up, okay? Mr. Taker, sir, what can we do for you today? You've made a grave mistake. I, I, I was just trying to tell him that we've got to invoke the... I will not rest in peace. What's wrong? How can we make this announcement right? Why can we do the fix this? The answer lies in the everlasting spirit. Oh, you mean only use the original three? Well, hell yeah, man. Jimmy Jam Garvin ain't on this list. Ladies and gentlemen, in the name of Michael PSAs, Buddy Jack Roberts, and the man known as Bam Bam Terry Gordy, we here at Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze on the top 10 tag teams of all time list evoke the Freebird Rule. That's right, the Freebird Rule, the greatest tag team of all time, the fabulous Freebirds. Thanks for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can follow the show on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. You can also follow Bobby on Twitter at BobbyBlaze744 and Jeremy on Twitter at TheGeekishCast. To purchase one of Bobby's books, you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to purchase Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel. 
And you can visit tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. To donate to the show's podcast hosting fees, you can visit gofundme.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Be sure to include a hyphen in every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. If you follow and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Be sure to share the show with any wrestling fan you may know and get on the Facebook page where you can keep up with Bell to Bell fans just like you. Again, thanks for listening to the program and look for the show again next time.